great job, Cobra. But th don't you think you could have left at least one of them alive to question? Hey, don't talk to me about the rules. If we follow the rules, we're not going to win. They don't follow the rules, so we can't follow the rules. No, but, but seriously, Cobra, there were like a hundred guys here. We, we killed all of them. And, and like, if there's a hundred of them, you know, there, there could be thousands all over the country. We should have left one guy alive to question, to figure out even what the, what the hell this even was about. It was social Darwinism or something. Yeah, but like th th this implies a higher level of organization. We, we, we have no one to question. There, there could be more. Don't talk to me about the rules. Oh, for the love of God. Welcome to the show. All right, everyone. I normally try and mix it up, but this is another movie thing, okay? I know, I know. What about the politics, Ruben? Or the, or the pop culture stuff? Where's that stuff? Well, I mean, movies are kind of pop culture. And the movie I'm going to be talking about here is Going Back. So I was sick this week, which is why you're getting this instead of anything else more ambitious. But I was sick. And while I was sick, I uh, had some time because I didn't feel like moving to watch some movies. One day I watched two movies and those movies were Sylvester Stallone's Cobra and Michael Bay's Ambulance. Now, first of all, these are both very, very stupid movies. Ambulance, I would say, is the better of the two movies, even though it is itself not much smarter. It's a decent action ride supported primarily by the strong lead performances of oh uh, i don't know how to say his name but he's in everything right now he was black he was black manta and aquaman that guy uh and uh jake gyllenhaal who, in fairness, it took me also years to learn how to say his stupid last name. But movie is made better by their performances, which are very strong and emotional. But it is kind of, you know, just a dumb action flick from, from Michael Bay. It's a, it's, a, it's a heist movie. A heist movie that is 90%, no, it's probably more like 80% the escape afterwards. And I could go into some of the... Honestly, there's not a whole lot here to analyze, to be honest. I could comment on Michael Bay's, what is clearly a use of drone, constant drone shots inside buildings, I might add, just swerving all over the place. I mean, it looks okay, but like, what's the point, Michael? Who do you think you are, Zack Snyder? Side note, I do actually think Zack Snyder's a better director and storyteller than Michael Bay. Michael Bay is good at making actors look good. This is what Michael Bay is key thing at. And other than that, he basically steals David Fincher's uh, visual styles. And also reuses the same car explosions in different movies. The Island and Transformers reuse footage. Fun fact. But anyways, that's not what I'm talking about. The point is, is that Ambulance is fine for a dumb action ride. Supported largely by two strong actors 
given a hell of a emotional performance. But there's honestly not much there we haven't seen. Although it, it is an interesting movie because there's never a point in it in which I was like, you know what, I'm rooting for the cops. Because uh, the cops make up a big part of it. And you know what? It, 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 it's a weird movie because like, I'm never rooting, you're never rooting for the cops the whole time. And the cops aren't even portrayed as bad guys. But like at a certain level, you're like, I want Abdul, uh, but, oh God, I should pull it up. Yaye Ab Abdul Mateen II. I hope I was close on that. But it's got, but you know, it, it, Isa, Isa Gonzalez as Cam Thompson also does a great job. Uh, I was not sad when Garrett Dillahunt's Captain Monroe died. I was kind of like, ah, I wanted you to die. Oh, I just gave away a spoiler. I'm sorry. But the point is, Ambulance is, is dumb action fun, which I will not discourage you from watching if you're into dumb action fun. But let's get dumber. Let's get down to a movie that is just straight up brains dripping out of your ears, dumb slash 100% copaganda. I'm talking about Sylvester Stallone's Cobra based on a book that I forgot the title of already. But I am gonna pull up that movie just in case it keeps me on topic. Movie from 1986. Well, is Brian Thompson who I think he is? He is not. Okay. All right, anyways, where was I? Right, Cobra. So Cobra stars Sylvester Stallone as a cop named Cobra, who's part of a special squad on the cop division called the Zombie Squad. I don't know if that's a real thing. I'm going to guess it's probably not, because there's never a point in this movie where I thought to myself, you know, whoever wrote this did research on cops. There's never a moment where you believe that. Like, nothing in this feels makes, none of the cops' behavior in this movie makes any sense. But I'm getting ahead of myself. What is Cobra about? All right, well, Cobra starts out kind of weird. It starts out with Sylvester Stallone riding on a motorcycle, riding on a motorcycle as a cut between what appears to be a range of individuals from all walks of life being blue collar and white collar jobs, sit, standing in a barn in weird lighting, slapping hammers and fire axes. No, 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 they're not hammers. They're, uh, they're like pickaxes and actual axes together in some kind of weird ritual, okay? And it's just a thing that's happening, okay? And then from that, we immediately cut to a grocery store where a man comes in with a shotgun and starts destroying as many groceries as possible. It's actually kind of weird for a, for a shooting, to be honest. Like he, he literally only kills one person and, and it's in a very deliberate way but largely he just goes into a goes into a grocery store shoots as many totally defenseless groceries as he can he's got a bomb and he's and he wants the media to come to to what he's doing which is an interesting claim because he makes no effort to talk to the police negotiator 
The police negotiator played by Andrew Robinson playing Detective Monty, who, by the way, is 100% a straw man for softy liberal police work. Like, that's what he's there in the movie for. He's someone to stand around and go, man, Cobra, you're no good. That's his purpose. It's to make, it's to make this other type of policing look gross and weak. That's why he's there. But the, the guy inside the building's not talking to the negotiator, which doesn't make any sense because he repeatedly says he wants the media brought there. But if that's what he wants, then why didn't he tell the negotiator that? The negotiator's the guy who could have brought the media there. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then Sylvester Stallone comes in and the shotgun guy tries to shoot him and they have a back and forth and then Sylvester Stallone shoots him. And, and it's pretty much what you expect. And on Sylvester Stallone's way out, of course, the media, who is also here to straw man the concept of being hard on cops, stop and be like, why'd you shoot this guy to death? Why'd you? And actually, actually, this is the thing that bothered me the most, is the guy keeps saying this weird cult-like thing. And my brain's going, oh, this guy must be connected to the weird cult we saw in the opening sequence. That must be what's going on here, right? Right? We don't know because he's fucking dead. Okay? This is the thing. There's numerous points in this movie where Cobra had just taken someone alive. Maybe we could have gotten some information out of them and solved the case. But that's not what happens at any point in this movie. Instead, Sylvester Stallone grabs one of the reporters and shoves his face over to where the dead body is and like, you want to tell that to his family? It's like, okay. Side note, the movie is directed who directed this he's got a weird name oh yeah george p cosmatos cosmatos who if that name sounds familiar maybe you're thinking of him or maybe you're thinking of his son who primarily directs psychedelic horror movies like mandy starring nicholas cage oh man this movie was a huge hit in the 80s good lord made over 160 million dollars on a budget of 25 million good lord <clears throat> but anyways, where was I? All right. So anyways, so anyways, back to the thing. So the thing about the movie is, is that there's like an unsaid thing that Sylvester Stallone's character's a little bit of a psychopath or a weirdo. And we know he's a psychopath because as soon as he gets done with this scene, he goes back to his apartment where he proceeds to clean his gun and eat a piece of pizza with scissors. He takes the scissors and he cuts off the tip of the pizza and eats the tip. The man is a psychopath, okay? It's not even thin crust pizza, okay? He's using scissors on thick crust pizza. Total psychopath behavior. While a Toys R Us ad plays in the background. Like, it's weird. It's very weird. Was that product placement for Toys R Us? What? What? What was the point of this? Did you just turn on the TV for the actual shot, and that's what happened to be there? I mean, what is? Oh, I don't have my mic plugged in. Son of a bitch! I'm walking around holding it. It's not plugged in. All oh, that sound is gonna be shit. Should I re-record it? I'm not gonna. I'm. It's late and I'm tired. I just want to watch anime and go to bed. 
Oh, okay. Now it should sound better. Sorry about that. Fortunately, I was yelling for most of that, so you should at least be able to hear what I was saying. Where was I? Okay. All right. So he needs to... And that's, that's basically how we're introduced to his character. Shortly after that, we learn that there is some kind of serial killer going around the town murdering people, and the news is calling him the Night Slasher. Now, the, the, there's a couple things about that, though. Like, no, no, we got to take this one step at a time. Don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't want to make it weird. I mean, it is weird. But Jesus Christ, this movie. It's like, seriously, this is like almost the room of action movies. It is so nonsensical. Okay? It's fucking weird how little of the movie makes sense. Okay, where was I? The propaganda film proceeds, and uh, essentially we, we get introduced to the Night Stalkers, and like everyone said, and, and Sylvester Stallone's character has the theory that it's not one guy, but a group of people. And of course, we witness the Night Stalker in action, and guess what? It's, a, it's actually a group of people, okay? It's a group of people. There's one main guy who does the stabbing, but then he's got a whole gang of people with him to menace these other people. But anyways, what happens next is, uh, so at some, so shortly after this, there's a whole thing where Bridget Nielsen's character, who plays a character called Ingrid Knudsen, very Germanic, I think, uh, basically witnesses the Night Stalker and the, his gang murdering a lady. And so she can, she identifies the, she knows what the Night Stalker looks like. Played by, the Night Stalker's played by Brian Thompson, by the way. Wait, I, want, I need to pale back to the pizza thing real quick. Okay, so the pizza thing, I know, I know, Ruben, you're obsessing over the scissors and pizza thing. But here's the thing, here's the thing. That's the, that's the only thing we're ever shown him eating in the movie, is a cold piece of pizza that he eats with scissors. And he proceeds to make fun of the way every other character in the movie he sees eating eats. He's got a partner called Tony, called Sergeant Tony Gonzalez, played by Renee Santoya. And Renee Santoya's whole thing is he likes candy. So Cobra's always giving him shit for eating candy because it's unhealthy. He's always trying suggesting various health foods to him throughout the movie. And then later he's He's watching Bridget Nielsen's character eat some French fries and he, and he makes fun of her for drowning them in ketchup. And then like she puts more ketchup on it and it literally cuts to his, the, his judgmental look he is giving her as she drowns the ketchup in, in, as she drowns the fries in ketchup. Like, bitch, you ate cold, thick crust pizza with scissors. You ain't, you don't, you, you shouldn't be judging anybody right now. But anyways, a bunch of ridiculous nonsense just, just proceeds to happen. Wherein uh, the girl gets taken into protective custody in a hospital. But one of the people in the Light Stalkers gang is a cop who leads the other cops away from the hospital so that then he can go there and murder her. 
And there's a ridiculous, okay, there's a ridiculous fucking scene here where literally he kills a, he kills a janitor and he takes his bumping bucket and he puts it in an elevator and they're going up in the elevator and this lady gets on the, ele- and this nurse lady gets on the elevator and she's like, you're supposed to take the service elevator. And then proceeds to tell him he should have taken the stairs. And it's like, he's got a bucket lady. He's got a mop bucket. You wanted to take the mop bucket up the stairs? What happened to that service elevator you came with? You, you mentioned once and then proceed to just harangue him about using the stairs next time. It doesn't, the exchange of dialogue, actually there's not really an exchange of dialogue. Night Stalker literally does not talk until the very end of the movie. And it's like, what? What? What, 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 is, what is this scene? What is this dialogue? Is it fun? Like, it's, it's nonsense. It's just fucking nonsense. But of course, uh, Cobra shows up just in, well, actually Bridget Nielsen's character kind of saves herself because she knows she goes out and she gets the alarm, a fire alarm and, they, and, in the, and the killer realizes he can't murder her in front of all these people and Cobra gets there in time. And then the police, of course, proceed to blame Cobra, even though Cobra has done nothing wrong. And like, the thing about that is, is that like, there are lots of times in the movie where Cobra does really extreme shit where I'm like, okay, I understand why they're yelling at him. But like, they yell at him also for nothing. Like everything he does is wrong until the end when he wins. And it's just like, what the fuck? All right, but anyways. So the other police are mad and they want to, and they want to send her upstate. And Cobra's like, no, we should keep her here in the station. It's the only way to protect her. And they're like, no, we're going to send her to a, to a safe house upstate. And so Cobra becomes part of the, the trip to take her upstate to the safe house. And, and that scene doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense because literally, literally everyone's still acting like the Night Stalker is one person, even though the witness has fucking told everyone that it's not. Like their only lead is saying it is a group. And here's the thing, it is a group. In fact, in the final confrontation, it's a fucking army. Like literally, literally a gang, like a hundred dudes on fucking motorcycles roll up to fucking, I keep saying fucking unnecessarily, to kill these people. They just roll up. For for the final showdown. By the way, I have not skipped. Oh wait, hold on. I need to get back here. When they initially take her, they get chased through the streets in an obvious ambush trap situation, and literally, like, even though they're pursued by two separate vehicles, and there's left a carnage in their wake. It, they're still acting like Night Stalker is one person. It doesn't make sense. Like, like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like the cops who aren't Cobra are the most ineffectual cops ever. And that's, that's the point of the movie though. The point is to straw man the idea that being a cop is about not following the rules. If we're going to follow the rules then we're going to lose because they do not. Because the Night Stalker is not following any rules. That's the whole idea. Is the, if, you, if you're soft on crime, that, then you can't stop it. And that's the whole concept 
of the film. But the film never stops to address the fact that Cobra is a stone cold psychopath. Oh, but he has a romance with Bridget Nielsen. Bitch, they trauma bond into having sex. The whole movie is trying to sell this concept. Even the final showdown between Sylvester Stallone and the Night and the Night, I'm sorry, Night Slasher. I've been calling the Night Stalker. It's the Night Slasher. My bad. Uh, in the final confrontation, the Night Slasher just gives him this whole speech like, you're the cop. You got to arrest me. And he says a whole bunch of stuff about how the justice system is important and civilized and like the, the law and whatnot. And then Cobra's just like, I'm not civilized. And then they fight more. I, I thought that'd be the kill shot, but they actually fight more until he gets an opportunity to kill the Night Slasher in the most brutal way possible. But like, everyone just gets killed. And this drove me crazy for the specific reason that they never explain anything. Literally, we, we never find out what the fuck the Night Slasher was doing. Why he's got a whole army of motherfuckers following him. What was that weird ritual they were doing? What, what, what was any of it? But that's not in the movie. There's no explanation for any of it. The Night Slasher never says what his goal was. I, I get the idea is to make the criminals scary because you don't know their motives. So it's more like a horror movie. But like, there's just too much here. They're not, they're not just a regular gang. Like they're, they're a whole army of motorcycle riding dudes. And they, they, have, they clearly have resources. And when we see them in the opening sequence, they appear to come from multiple different walks of life. The one lady cop's a fucking member of their group, which is not really a spoiler. The first time we meet her, she's actually out with the Night Slasher doing some killings. And then we find out later that she's a cop. All right, I need to make an addendum here. Okay, because the internet, claimed that the Night Slasher did in fact explain what they were doing. And I was skeptical, so I went back and rewatched the sh uh, that specific scene. And um, eh, kind of, kind of. The Night Slasher does have a speech where he says, we are the hunters, we hunt the weak, we are the future, we are the new world. Um, which like, I guess is an explanation of, of what's going on in the film. But like, I, I feel like my main point that their organization is never fully fleshed out or explained still stands. Oh, by the way, this is what my regular voice sounds like. I don't know why my voice does that thing. When I get excited or aggravated, my voice does that thing where I sound like I'm kind of from New England. I, I, I don't know what that's about. Just the, just the thing, I guess. But I felt like I should I should add this addendum since uh, I really go off about this point. And I'm sure that some Cobra fans are going to be like, no, they explain it. Uh, and, and in fairness to you, they kind of explain it, but I, I still consider it vague and, and weak. And, and still, uh, it could have been better. It still could have been better. Um, yeah, so now listen to me yell about this point for a while. But like, this just, this no, the villains have no background, no story. None of it is explained. They're just, they're just a straw. It's, it's literally just a straw man for, for 
police brutality. It's just a, they're steel manning police brutality by straw manning real police work. It's based on a book. And I can only imagine. Oh, okay. Oh, hold on. Hold on. What's Los Angeles policeman, Lieutenant Marion Cobra Cabretti. Sylvester Stallone finds himself at the center of a spate, spate, spate of murders carried out by a secret society called New Order. Killers who select weak members of society for extermination. As the murder rate rises, Cobra takes model Ingrid Bridget Nielsen to, into protective custody after she witnesses New Order's leaders in action. As Cobra falls for Ingrid, they find shelter in a small town, but must that, okay, first of all, this, there's a couple things in that description that are not correct about the movie, but the bigger issue is there's never a point in the movie where they say the new order. That, like, although I, that, is the, that is the thing the shotgun guy was saying in the movie, saying when he, he took hostages in, in, the, in, the, in the grocery store, but then he dies. So like, he doesn't really give an explanation. He's the only person who even uses the term new order. And like the part here where it says they kill the weak, that's not in the movie. That's not in the movie at all. In fact, there's a part in the movie where a news reporter says, there's no way to determine why they're choosing each of these targets. They appear to be, and they're like, they list a whole bunch of different types of people who we killed. Not only that, but he clearly doesn't mind killing anyone who gets in the way at all. Like it, 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 it's not explained. None of, like that was more information than is in the movie. That synopsis gave a clear understanding of what was happening than when I fucking watched it. That's what kind of movie this is, okay? It's copaganda. It's dumb as hell. It, is it so bad it's good? It's a, maybe, yeah, a little bit. It's kind of ridiculously bad. Like, there are moments in the movie where I was like, this is the room kind of bad. It's all, it is almost so bad it's good. Like that's, that's what I'm saying about Cobra right now. I will say also the movie Cobra retroactively, well actually not retroactively because it came out way before this other movie, but I saw this other movie first, makes Tango and Cash better. Makes Tango and Cash better because in that movie, Sylvester Stallone plays the exact opposite kind of cop. The buy the books goody two-shoe cop. Because Kurt Russell is the, uh, you know, the streetwise psycho one. But this movie kind of makes that movie more interesting because you realize how against type Sylvester Stallone is acting in that movie, which is kind of impressive. So, yeah, I just, I needed to, I needed to rant about this movie because what the, what the F, yo? What the F? It's weird. It's a really... It's 100, it's one hour and 27 minutes. Like, like you, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have stretched the movie out to, to like a half hour. Like, oh, even the IMDb is, is ridiculous. A tough on crime street cop must protect the only surviving witness to a strange murderous cult with far reaching plans. What were the plans? We don't, they never say it. They never say it. It's based on a, based on a novel by Paul, Paula Gosling. It's written by a woman. I did not see that coming. Based, uh, called Fair Game. Like, I have to assume that this, this information 
comes from the novel. I have to assume in the novel, they actually bothered to tell us what this gang was doing. Honestly, I find I found the lack of them ever justifying or clarifying what the gang was doing to be incredibly frustrating. I don't know. Oh man, the trivia is wild though. Hold on. Get this trivia apparently. A very rare work print of the movie has circulated among fans. Although most copies are poor quality, it has 30 to 40 minutes of footage not available in any other version. It also has all of the X-rated material removed from the final release. What? Brian Thompson had to buy his own ticket to see the film himself. That's the guy who plays Night Slasher. Personally, because he was not invited to the film's premiere by the film's producer in Warner Brothers, which still mystifies him to this day. That is weird. Body count. 52 people are killed in the movie. 41 of them are killed by Sylvester Stallone's character, Cobra. When Sylvester Stallone was signed to play the lead in Beverly Hills Cop, he did a lot of work on the screenplay, turning it into an action extravaganza that the studio couldn't afford. He eventually left Beverly Hills Cops and channeled his ideas for the project into this movie. Bridget Nielsen Ingrid would play a villain in Beverly Hills Cops 2. Weird. So, okay, here's what the X-rated stuff was. Some of the cuts made to avoid an X rating include the first murder victim having her hands, her hands severed, an extended autopsy scene, including lingering shots of naked and mutilated bodies, a longer death for Ingrid's photographer, Dan. Oh man, I forgot, I almost forgot about the scene. Including a shot of him slipping on his own blood while trying to escape. More deaths of the townspeople during the climax. You don't see any of, the, any of the townspeople die in this version, but apparently there were lots of innocent deaths in the original, in the original cut, including a person getting hit in the face with an axe. Oh, that was another thing. He's got a cop car. He the whole okay in the movie. Here's the here. He drives a custom 1950 Mercury. It's actually Sylvester Stallone's car. The studio produced stunt doubles of the car for use in some of the action sequences, such as jumping from the second floor of a parking garage. Makes sense. But here's the thing. He's a cop, and it no, he doesn't have a siren. He doesn't have any of the cop shit you should have in a cop car. Even for a, like, even, even, a, even when you don't drive in a squatty, you have that thing you can stick on the top, and, and it's got a light. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that. Like, is it just because this car is cooler? Like, it's... Okay, here's some interesting information. So that's just alone. said he got the idea for the LAPD's zombie squad from a real-life zombie squad in Belgium comprised of cops who go out at night and handle crazed criminals on their own terms. So it's not even a thing that's in America. The original rough cut was over two hours long. Okay, now it makes sense why the movie is stupid. They cut out, they cut out over, they cut out over at least over a half hour of footage. Due to concerns it might not be a hit, the final cut was 87 minutes, thereby increasing the number of screenings per day. Oh my God. Such a stupid money-based decision. Some of the more violent scenes were also cut to avoid an X rating. A great deal of the plot details was either removed 
or sped up while most of the violence and nearly every death scene was edited or depicted off screen, including numerous continuity errors. See, Hollywood, stop trying to just shorten movies. It does not work. Apparently, Sylvester Stone actually co-directed the film with George P. Cosmatos. He, he plotted the scene where Brian, Tom, Brian Thompson has his weird speech to him. I'm... The original ending was supposed to take Lake, place in Lake Peru, Ojai, California, where Cobra was, has a confrontation with Monty in which he rips off his shirt and reveals a satanic tattoo on his chest, revealing that he was a leader of the new, new order, which explains why the not stalker and Nancy was also an LAPD officer had information on all the victims and where one of the head of partners with a, what, what? Are you telling me that they cut everything that would explain this movie out of this movie? When Sylvester Stallone was not on set, George P. Cosmatos acted like a tyrannical person to the cast and crew, which rubbed many people the wrong way, including Brian Thompson, whose Cosmatos said to him, if you had listened to me, you would have had a better performance, which he didn't take too kindly, and Thompson referred to him as a pale chain smoker. Nicholas Winding Refn is a huge fan of Cobra. In Reffin's cult movie Drive, the main character has a tooth. Okay, that was another thing. The whole movie, he's got a goddamn match in his mouth. Like toothpick, I understand. But he doesn't smoke. So what's the purpose of the match? What, what is it just so he can do that thing where he sets a person on fire? Later the, what? It doesn't... It doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Apparently, the song Touch from the Transformers movie was originally written for this film. It's the 1986 Transformers movie. For the Night Slasher's monologue and the final confrontation with Cobra, Brian Thompson did the scene with the script girl because Sylvester Stallone was off watching a basketball game on television. Wow. This, I'm, I'm going to stop reading this trivia. This is way more trivia than I expected. But I'm glad I read some of that because it actually explains a lot. The first draft of Sylvester Stallone's script had a lot of differences from the later drafts and the film. These include opening shootout taking place in a movie theater instead of grocery store and a lot more people getting killed. Cobra mentioning how some psychopath he was trying to catch killed his girlfriend. That's not in the movie. Additional big action sequence taking place during night on a boat where Cobra and Ingrid are hiding and they get attacked by Night Slasher's cult members. Like, this is the thing. They never explain the cult. In the, the, although it makes me feel better that in these trivia, some people also call it the Night Slasher, the Night Stalker. It's apparently a normal mistake to make. Holy shit, there's a lot of trivia for this movie. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. I've obsessed over this dumb movie for long enough. But you see, the, the lesson here, Hollywood, is stop trying to make movies shorter than they are okay sometimes when you cut out a bunch of stuff the movie doesn't make fucking sense anymore like like honestly the 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 the, the monty thing having a tattoo then maybe monty could have explained what it was all about when they got him at the end instead it's just it's just not there
it's just not there. The explanation is just not there, or it went by so fast I missed it, which is not good either. Apparently they censored it in Brazil. But anyways, so yeah, Night uh, Cobra. Cobra is one butchered ass movie that is almost hilariously bad. I'm Ruben Ryan. If you enjoyed this podcast experience of me yelling at you about a movie you haven't seen, probably, unless you have, then please like and subscribe and check out our YouTube as well. My, my YouTube. Or it's just me. There's literally no one else here except the voices in my head. But yeah, like, subscribe, especially on Spotify, trying to get to 100 Spotify listeners. I hate to say that sentence out loud because it lets you know that I have less than 100 listeners on Spotify. And Spotify are the one because I need 100 listeners to get money. You don't understand. When Spotify bought Anchor. I lost this. I lost my Anchor money. I guess Spotify is stingier with that stuff. So please go. Subscribe on Spotify. I'm poor. You'd, help, you'd be helping me out. All right. Thank you. And have a great whatever time of day it is. <laughs>